We're floating like butterflies and stinging like bees. Rumble, you badass jet pilots, rumble. Hi, welcome to the Wingman Show. My name is Drew Brown. We hope to inspire, entertain, and learn something so we can all make this world a better place for our children. I'd like to introduce to you somebody who's my friend, my wingman, my main man, and I have a wingman watching my back, Dr. Paul Thompson. Hey, Paul, what's happening? Oh, not much. Hello, everyone. I'm Paul Thompson, and you just heard from Mr. Drew Brown, Dark Gable. He's the American dream. He's the man, the myth, the legend, the pilot's pilot, the role model's role model, and most importantly, his royal fullness. How are you doing today, Mr. Dark Gable? I'm doing great, and I'm glad I'm full of knowledge, Paul. I'm glad I'm full of knowledge. Well, we're going to have a great show right now. Check this out. Dr. Paul, Dr. Paul, how are you today? I got a wingman story for you. Is it exciting? It's about Johnny Walker, baby. Johnny Walker. You don't know if I'm talking about red, black. You have no idea, but Johnny Walker is one bad mother. Shut your mouth. Okay. Well, I don't I don't drink, but I'll listen to the story. Yeah, I don't drink either <laughs> for a long time now. But anyway. I was on my Peloton. No, I wasn't on. Yes, I was on my Peloton. Make up your mind, Drew. Real early this morning. And then I did a body weight class with them. Uh, Katrina and I did it very early this morning so I could get up and get ready and do this. Because if I don't work out in the morning, I'll be honest with you, Paul, it's over. It is over. And if that morning is broken a little bit, like a phone call, if it breaks too long, it's done. I I don't have it. So I've learned how to to do that. How about you? What about you this morning? Yeah, I get up. I get up early. I, I'm better now if I do it in the dark. I get up real, real early, and uh, I was done by by about six six forty a.m. Did my uh, one hundred burpees, which included five hundred push ups, hundred squats, and hundred leg lifts. It's uh, it sounds like a lot. It, initially, it was, but now I can I can do. I go halfway through. I take some water and I finish the other half. Okay. I'm getting a little stronger. Dr. Paul, excuse me. It sounds like a lot. No, it doesn't sound like a lot. It is a lot. It's like telling me you run the marathon. I, that's a lot. And now I heard they have an ultra marathon. You ever heard of that? I've heard of it. I never okay, ever run. like I 50 run. and 100 miles. Oh, that's way out of my league. But something in our league that we both did, we flew for a great company, FedEx. All right. And we flew packages all over. Well, trains take these packages all over also. And have you ever heard of the L.A. Raiders? Because I'm going to tell you a story about L.A. Raiders. You ready? I'm ready. All right. I just saw in the news train tracks full of empty boxes, packages. I seen pictures of people walking out. If you're watching on YouTube, I will show these pictures because this is amazing. And for months, this has been happening. They're robbing trains in these tunnels in L.A. and nobody's doing anything. And the only reason this came to light is because there was a derailment. This wouldn't the story wouldn't even have come. And when they talked about the derailment, some of the photographers and reporters saw that and they were like blown away. And so am I. How could they not stop something like this? They got a lot of time on their hands. Uh, the pictures I saw, it looks like uh, 
you know, a, a typhoon or something hit Bangladesh and there's everything strewn all over the place. See all the uh, Amazon packages, FedEx, UPS, everything is down there. It's it's organized rings and folks just, just taking advantage. And a lot of people are, des- are really desperate now. But they must be organized. I mean, how often do you hear people just robbing rail cars? Incredible. It's, it's not like, you know, a little a little clip you do with one of those, uh, uh, what do you call them? The big pliers that you cut the locks with. Oh, yeah. Just, know, uh, that's not happening on rail cars. Right. And there might even be somebody inside. My point is, how could the police or whoever's investigating all the companies not do something about this? This had to be known for a while. Just I guess weird. so. Maybe because you've cut down a number of police. Some people aren't or, showing up. Or the companies make so much money. There are a lot of companies that in New York, they double park and get tickets all day long because right. that's how much money they make. They pay their tickets and keep on their way. Cost of doing business. Here's another story that's kind of disturbing, but I want to bring it another way. Russia and Ukraine. And believe it or not, I'm. My parents, my grandparents come from Ukraine, but I used to say Russia when I was little. But anyway, Russia and Ukraine, there's a high military alert. Guys in the military, I think 8,500 now on high alert. But that brings me to you and I on that thing behind you, on that carrier. Mm -hmm. I've been on alert a couple of three times, and it's really exciting. It's uh, it's amazing. You have no idea what's going on. Why don't you tell me a story about you being on alert, Dr. Paul? Well, it's funny. A lot of people realize people are on alert all the time because there's always tensions going on in the world that that don't even make the news that you don't even know about. And folks are on alert for something that may happen or may not happen. Uh, I remember one time, I guess the strangest alert I had occurred in the Mediterranean and had to do with Libya and the line of death that Muammar Gaddafi drew in the Gulf of Sidra. If you cross this this line, which was like 200 miles away, it would be instant death. And the U.S. said, no, we'll just go to the international limit. It's just 12 miles, not 200. He said 200. They argued back and forth. Later on, there was a transgression, and uh, some Libyan airplanes ended up getting shot down by a couple F-14s. Wow. I think one of the I think one of the guys is one of your neighbors actually. You yeah. see that that background? That's where yeah. I live. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. I did live in the islands like that behind me, so I'm allowed to actually sit here on the beach like this. Okay, so you know we're in this thing and we're escorting. Uh, I think S3s and I sub airplanes, but the strangest thing was nothing really happened. There was there's a threat of something happened, but the strangest thing was something that happened to me, and that. Uh, in the middle of this thing, I was called down to uh, some office and I was told that I was under investigation for bank robbery. What? I kid you not. I was under investigation. for I was a suspect in a, a major bank robbery in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, my. And goodness. I was told to account for my whereabouts. And I was being questioned by this uh, NIS agent. It wasn't NCIS that time. It was NIS. Naval Investigative Services. And he they sat came me up down. on the ship? He, he was on the ship. We're on the ship. We're, we're in alert. Yeah, we're you're in, in alert. Right. In okay. So we're on the ship. I'm in the office there with him. And he starts questioning me on, is this you? So there's a description of what happened. 
description of the car. It matched my car. It matched the license plate. I had a friend watching it for me. So this is what I'm thinking in my head. You know, what, you know what, what's going on here? Uh, it, the description fit my description pretty good. It wasn't just a, a six-foot black male. It was, it was more in-depth than that. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty close. He said, we got to get to the bottom of this. And he starts, okay, where have your whereabouts? And the first one, you know, where were you yesterday? I said, I was, I was, I was like in the Gulf of Sidra. And then he gave a time. Well, where were you at such and such an hour? No, he didn't. He didn't yes, get to me with that. And I told him, I said, well, I was with you. What were you doing? We were having dinner. I was having dinner with him. He's going down his list. I said, and who, who are you having dinner with? I said, I have a dinner with you. Writes it down. Okay. What did you eat? I said, we, we, we shared the last piece of roast beef that they had. Don't you remember? He writes this down. Everything it's called, is, Dr. Is Paul, true. it's called roast beast. Remember that? Roast it beast. Was, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that great. I wasn't eating the Admiral's food at that time. I did a few times. That's another story. But uh, we go on and on. And it's about 20 minutes. And, I'm, and I, this is just after I come off a flight. And I'm going through this stuff. And he's just going for one. It's about 20 minutes. He's asking me all these questions. Where do you go? What kind of car? And I'm thinking in my mind, well, no, I didn't do it. I haven't seen land in like a few weeks and it hasn't been the U.S. in three months. But I'm thinking the person I left the car with, what is he doing? He's a little bit crazy, oh but goodness. he's not that crazy. He's a pilot. too. Anyway, long story short, nothing came of it. I go but get back home like three months later. I look at the car and say, he's keeping it. He only put like eight miles on it in, in, in seven months. So that's not, eh, you can't go downtown and back because this was a downtown Jacksonville robbery. You actually said, checked said, though, didn't you? I, I looked at I looked because I, I knew the mileage when I left. He did about eight miles. He said, yeah, I started up once a month just to drive. I said, okay. And I'd ask him, I said, anything happen? You go anywhere? He said, no, okay. He was a P3 pilot, you know? <laughs> no, so, they get checks all the time. Yes. They don't go to this. They don't go to sea and they just get per diem checks all yeah, yeah. year long. So my, my alert thing had nothing to do with anybody being shot down or threatened. It's just me facing federal, federal penitentiary. That's a great story, Dr. Paul. Yeah. Well, I was kind of there with you because I crossed the line of death. That's one of my little things that I thought I think is cool now. I don't know how cool it was back then. It's just what we did every day. We did what we did every day. And sometimes we had bombs on, sometimes we didn't have bombs, and sometimes right. we had real live bombs on. So right. we were ready, actually ready. But I remember one time we were going, this wasn't the line of death, though. This was in Beirut when they blew up the sailors. Anyway, I remember. Yes. Yeah, so they put us on alert and then they put bombs on the A6s and they put us up on top and we went to brief. Okay, this is a real brief. We're really going. And they're, they're briefing about this, that, the do's, the don'ts, the do's, the don'ts, rules of engagement and everything. And they said, if you don't see a certain thing in the target, don't drop. Okay, it was very, very clear. So we go up to the jets and I have my bombardier navigator next to me. And I said, let me tell you something, my man. If somebody shoots at us, I'm blowing everything up. He said, I'm with you, dog. And we sat there. I mean, we, you know, I hate to say it, but you're trained to go. You're trained mm -hmm. to goddamn go. Mm -hmm. And you're trained so well that it's just the real thing instead. And you know why Israeli pilots, just to break it up, Israeli pilots are the best? 
because they actually train in conflict. Mm-hmm. They really go out there in conflict. When they solo, they're real bullets coming at them. But anyway. So, so fam one, they're, they're shooting. <laughs> right, right. It's a whole different story. But anyway, they were ready to go. But the day before, or yeah, the day before we were on this, all the pilots in my squadron were writing little letters. And I was like, what are you, who are you, what are you writing to? I said, we're writing our, you know, our families in case we don't come back. I said, you what? Yeah, you know, this is a Navy tradition. I said, let me tell you something, homie. All of you give me your letters because I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. If you think I'm going up there in the jet, not thinking I'm coming back, you're crazy. I ain't li- writing a letter to anybody. So right. that's my little story of being on alert. But you want to know the last thing, Dr. Paul, for real on this whole thing? As I've grown, as I've gotten wiser, it's starting to really confuse me why people want to still kill each other and why people want to hurt each other as human beings and why war is still prevalent and war is pushed by powerful people who don't ever see the battlefield. Mm. And people like us who love this country, because I love this country, you know, when they say I'm African, that's BS. I'm an American. This is my land. I don't want to slice African-American pie. I want to own the bakery, Dr. Paul. But anyway, I'm proud of this country because I fought for it. I always said, if a Klansman calls me a nigga, he better say sir after it. So anyway. <laughs> so sure they'll take, they'll take that under advisement. All right. Hall of Fame baseball, Cooperstown. How about this? Do you know who has the most hits ever in baseball? I heard somebody told me it was Pete Rose. Pete Rose. Do you know who has the most home runs in baseball? It used to be Hank Aaron, but it's Barry Bonds, right? Barry Bonds. And I believe I might be wrong on what this is, but he definitely has the most of them. I think it's the Cy Young Awards. Okay. Um, Roger Clemens. Okay. I was going to say Tom Seaver. Okay. Okay. All of them are the top of their, on the top of their field. And none of them are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. The last three just got voted out. Barry Bonds, Sosa, and Roger Clemens. And a lot of people think they should be in with an asterisk. Or they should build a little separate wing for them. And, I'm not going to make an opinion on any of that, but I will tell you this. It's not fair using steroids. And I have a theory and I have a reason why it's not fair. Because if back in the day, you know, Jesse, what's his name? Um, Okay. Back in the day, Jesse Owens ran in the Olympics in Germany and Hitler spit at him. Okay. He spit at him. And the big thing then was that his race was better than any race. They were faster, stronger, and smarter. Okay, that's his whole theory, that just the white race, those German people were better people than anybody else. Anyway, Jesse Owens won that and disproved it. But what if one of of those German athletes had steroids and would have won that? Let's go a step further. How about when Max Schmeling... For mm-hmm. Joe Lewis. Right. What if Max Schmeling would have taken steroids and he would have beat Joe Lewis? I mean, this is world changing because it was man against man. 
And it's funny, two black guys and a Jew disproved all of Hitler's theories. Yeah, Jesse Owens was faster. Joe Lewis was smarter. And Albert Einstein was smarter. And a quick Albert Einstein story is Hitler had 40 of the greatest German scientists sign a letter that the theory of relativity was incorrect. Incorrect. And if you would have told me something that I brilliantly came up with was incorrect, that probably would have went a different direction. But this is why I love my man, Albert Einstein. His answer to all that was, if it was wrong, why did you need 40 signatures? One would have been enough. What is your take on the Hall of Fame? Well, you know, it comes by the, uh, they're voted in by the baseball writers, I think. A bunch, a bunch of writers were prominent. I think it kind of hurts it in a way in that, yeah, these guys were on steroids or relationship steroids. They were on something. But even during this time, there were a lot of other people who were too. Some of them were pitching to them. Okay, they weren't by themselves. These are the these are the ones who were caught. So I think in that era, there's kind of a steroid era. It's not just the three guys. So I think it uh, I think it demeans the Hall of Fame just in general if you don't have the have the best players. So you could have you could have uh, you could break it down into a pre steroid after steroid era if you want to mention them. I don't think it's hurting their bank accounts anyway. Uh, but and I wonder how many people really follow in baseball. To be honest with you, following uh, baseball, there's a lot still because they're getting paid big dollars. I I can't believe yeah. some of the baseball salaries. But you want to know something? In my travels, I met and talked to Willie Mays, and I have a different take on this whole thing because you know what he said to me? He said yeah. back when I was playing, I do whatever it took to be the best. We didn't have that, so I just worked hard and worked hard. But I would have done anything back then. And it put a different perspective because think about back in his day, you know, if everybody else was taking it and, you know, it's hard enough being a black ball player. So I took a different perspective on it, but Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. Well, guess what? We're going to get free N95 mask everywhere. Everybody's going to get free masks, like 400 million. But I was thinking we're going to get a lot more because half the people are not going to take them. Is that correct? Or are they going to take them and hoard them? Probably a combination. Now, are you going to, is this a time for a PSA to encourage people to wear their masks or, or not? <laughs> sure, but my PSA will go right in line. This is a Wingman PSA. Number three on the 11 facts in life is everything you do comes back to you. You get away with nothing in life. Everything you do comes back to you. You don't wear a mask. It'll come back to you. God bless. Yeah, I agree. I don't like wearing the mask, but I do when I go inside somewhere. I just do it for a minute. I think I ordered a bunch came yesterday. I ordered my own just between the four of us here. You know, we just keep them. Well, either you're smart and educated and went to science and believe scientists or you have another theory like joe rogan did in his podcast matter of fact he has the number one podcast neil young's gonna pull all his music well yesterday he pulled all his music what do you think about that because i just it's gotten to the point (laughs) i almost can't argue with these people anymore it's just you you you, i don't know what to say 
Yeah, well, Neil Young, yeah, I, you know how old he's, he's older than we are. Uh, he pulled his music. I don't know how many people are really listening to it now. That's that's an older generation. Whereas the Joe Rogan is younger and he probably has more of an audience, I would say. Oh, it's all about money. Who's making more money? Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. People don't know, wouldn't know who young wouldn't know who Neil Young is unless you're about sixty-five or older. If Neil Young had a bigger podcast than Joe Rogan, this would be a different be a story. Question. Be a different. Story. It's about advertising dollars. It's all yeah. about dollars when you think about it. Right. Right. But I, I just thought that that was amazing. And let's take it to the shortage of microchips. The reason there's a big supply mess up and we're not getting cars and we're not getting the computers and we're not getting all the things that we really need and all these prices are going through the roof is we don't have enough microchips. And sometimes if you look at car lots, some of them are empty. There's not enough microchips going around. China makes 80% of the microchips in the world. So there's a big shortage of microchips. I just want to ask this question and you can go into more detail but how come we're not the biggest microchip maker in the world? They're putting billions of dollars, I believe, in Ohio. Intel oh, yeah. is the largest U.S. microchip maker. But what I'm saying is, how come we're way not ahead of this? Way not ahead of this. Yeah, I think, well, they offshored a lot of stuff. I think most, most of the chips are made in, uh, in, like you say, China, Taiwan. Taiwan. Republic of China, depending on how you look at it. And everyone else gets a, part, a portion of it. Uh, I don't know. I think they just, we just offshored so much stuff. And now you depend on people, even people who are hostile sometimes for things that you really need. That's again, that's a matter of money and saving, uh, saving dollars. You can get things produced cheaper overseas, but that. Why does everything need microchips? Uh, well, that's the way they make a lot of things. A lot of electric, electric components are made with uh, the silicon. Silicon is like silica. It's really kind of comes out of sand, but it conducts electricity real well, really well. And you don't need as many metals to do things as you did in older electronics. Now you have metal components that help transmit the stuff that's on the silicon chip, but you can put it, you can put the stuff on the chip. It's just easier to do. It's just a major advance. And it's every that's one of the reasons things are so light physically, right. or lightweight. They don't weigh twenty pounds. Remember the first? Uh, I remember the first cell phone. I had was a was a Motorola, <laughs> which was bigger than this dictionary. I, could, I mean, you could crack a windshield. If you need to get out of a car. Mm-hmm. You could crack a, a, a windshield with it, and it wouldn't no break. Doubt. No doubt. Versus something that's like the size of a, a small radio now. Now so, you can fold it on yeah, the commercials. You can now fold the, the telephone. Yeah, yeah, and they're flexible, and they're in everything. Yes. So, well, now that you're on a roll, technically, once you keep going, because there's a big telescope. I think it's a million miles away already. It was just launched last month, and it's going to allow us to look into the past. And I'm not sure how much it cost. I think it was ten billion dollars an observatory. Why don't you tell yes, us about that? Because it is amazing. Yes, the uh, it's called the James Webb Telescope. I think James Webb. I think he ran NASA in the sixties. Uh, it launched it some time ago, and it's in, it's it's where it's supposed to be. It's about a million miles away, as opposed to the Hubble. The Hubble is like about three hundred miles away. This one is more powerful, and it's got to get cold. It won't be it won't be ready to really give images for like another five months. 
So you probably won't see anything before the summer, but it's got to get to minus whatever degrees. And I think it takes several months to get that cold for everything to work. And these panels unfurl and the power of the sun is going to power the thing. It's supposed to last for 10 years, but you never know. It could last a lot longer. Uh, and it, it can look through, looks through the infrared spectrum. So look can look through gas and supposed to look at the beginning of the universe which they believe to be about 13 billion years old. It can't go that far back, but it can get close to it. No, 13.7, it can go back. It's just 100 million years after the Big Bang. I want to know why they didn't go that point one more. (laughs) Maybe it was too much. Maybe it was too much. Why didn't they go all the way back to the Big Bang? It's almost more than you can comprehend if you're not into that education. And speaking of education, look at my Suno, Southern University of New Orleans shirt. I'm really proud of this. I'm proud of going to an HBCU. And it was some of the greatest days of my life. And without my education, nothing, nothing would, none of this would be possible. And to be honest with you, that should be a PSA too. But it is your guaranteed way out of any situation you're in. It just is. You get an education, you get a skill that nobody else can do, and you have made it in this country. Right. Yeah. And yeah. make you'll sure get farther, give back. you'll get farther knowing more than knowing less. 100%. And thinking about money, there's a real bad thing happening. Nurses from very poor, poor countries, the best nurses are leaving their hospitals and their health centers that are already below standards. They're leaving them for money because there's a big shortage of nurses and they're offering more money. And these people are leaving these impoverished countries to go, you know, hunting for the dollar. And you kind of can't fault them. They have families. We all have families. You know, all those people coming up that are on the border, they're not coming here because they, they wanted to take a vacation they want to better their lives. Everybody wants to better their life. I mean, just let's just say that. What yeah. do you think about that? Yeah, every, well, everybody's coming for money, and there's a nursing shortage globally, like you say. And the effect is that the richer countries, people come to the richer countries, but that just makes things worse in the poorer countries long term. So it's likely that you're going to have more of a spread of other things that will eventually come here. It's a strange, it's a strange cycle. They're, they're recruiting a lot of nurses from definitely from the Philippines, I know, but also from the Caribbean. In fact, I, I, I know one uh, Caribbean or even parts of Africa. They're going to Europe, coming to the U.S. And look at the number with the COVID things. A lot of people in the medical profession are burning out from what I've read. You know, can't take it anymore. And they're gone. So there's a shortage and balance, more money. Yeah, they're going to move until they get burned out or they get do want to do something else. So yeah, if you want to be a nurse, you've, uh, it's the way to go. Now you can make a lot of money, but how could you be a nurse? You're vaccinated and you watch these. I'm sorry. I don't want to call them dummies because I shouldn't judge, but you watch these people unvaccinated die in your arms every single day. And they keep asking you, can I get the vaccine now? Can I get the vaccine now? I mean, after a while, it's really got to take a toll on these doctors and these nurses and everybody else who works in that center of death just happening from people who just made a mistake about something scientific. It's like math. Yeah, but it became politicized 
I mean, you don't, you know, I mean, how many times you see people with, with polio around? You know, see, because of the vaccine. Yeah, never politicized it. I don't want to talk about some football real quick because this last, oh man, this football is kicking. It was probably some of the best games I've ever seen. But I do want to make one comment, and this weekend it's going to be the bomb also. But I want to make one comment about Tom Brady because they lost. And they're saying, is he too old? Tom Brady did not lose. He came back from 27 to 3. He came all the way back to 27-27. And the other team threw a long bomb. The defense let this receiver go. And anyway, they lost the game there. But Tom Brady did not. And I'm not a Tom Brady fan at all. Matter of fact, I'm a big-time Giants fan, and so he was my nemesis for a while. But now my son, the doctor, he lives in Tampa. My daughter, the lawyer, lives in New Orleans. So I like the Saints. I like mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, of course, they're under the Giants. But anyway, I wanted to make that comment. You going to watch some football? Yeah, well, this weekend. Last week, I didn't do too much. I was hanging out with my grandson and doing some other stuff. I just figured I could spare a weekend, and I was probably the greatest ever. Oh well, oh, I get it this time. That's the bomb, but that that was that's really the bomb. Okay, how about Johnny Walker? How Johnny about Walker. my wingman? How about my wingman story, Johnny Walker? Red or yeah, black? Tell me about it. <sighs> there was this homeless man, homeless man who saw a large crash, and police were involved in the crash because they were going after a robbery uh, suspect. It was a high-speed auto chase. And this guy, this homeless man, ran into the fiery crash and pulled out a policeman and saved his life. So he crashed? The the policeman car crashed. Yes, the police car crashed. There's a big fire. It's, It's really bad. And this homeless man pulled out a policeman. Try to find out if he was breathing. He found out he was, and he went in for a woman, but the woman was already dead. And, you know, anyway, he felt bad about that. The trip about this whole story is that they're calling this guy a hero, which he is. But his family saw him on TV. They've been looking for him for the past three months. They thought somebody killed him. So they've been calling hospitals, morgues. They've been searching for this guy, and he pops up on TV. Wow. And what does all this have to do with Johnny Walker? That's his name. Lord have mercy. How can you forget that? Johnny Walker. What do maybe, you he doesn't drink, maybe he doesn't drink either. Hopefully not. I mean, there are a lot of homeless who, who do uh, drugs and alcohol. It's a terrible disease. And I think mental health is necessary for a lot of people. I think we'd have a lot less problems if we put some time and effort and money into mental health rehabilitation, because not, not everybody's perfect like you, Dr. Paul. And I'm well, just not kidding. Far, far, far from it. I'm just kidding. Can I read you something? Sure. I really like this. There is only one success to be able to spend your life in your own way. And I read that quote, and I just think it's marvelous. And I think that I'm wearing this proud shirt of Southern University of New Orleans because the education allowed me to do just that. That's great. That's great. Well, keep hope alive. 
Thank you once again, Dr. Paul Thompson, my friend. Thank you for your love, your time. And that's something that we won't ever get back. I want to thank all the listeners, too. Thank you so much for doing the show, Dr. Paul. We're jamming. Well, thank you, Mr. Drew, for inviting me on. Always good to talk to you. And ladies and gentlemen, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast or any of the podcasts. If you're looking at YouTube, uh, they say smash the like button. Don't smash it. Just press it gently and refer to use as a link to all your friends. You can also look at us on our website, wingmenshow.com, W-I-N-G-M-E-N, show, S-H-O-W.com, all together, wingmenshow.com. And we hope to see you in the future. Thanks again, Mr. Drew. Oh, you're welcome. And we're still floating like butterflies and stinging like bees. Rumble, you badass jet pilots, rumble. May there be peace on earth and goodwill towards all men and women.